Welcome to The Word for Today, featuring the Bible teaching of Pastor Chuck Smith, founder of the Calvary Chapel Movement. This radio program is a verse-by-verse study through the entire Bible. And on today's edition of The Word for Today, Pastor Chuck continues with a new nature as we pick up in Jeremiah chapter 13, verse 23. And now with today's message, here's Pastor Chuck. People say, well, I can never be a Christian. I don't want to be, you know, uh, I don't want to be a hypocrite, but I can never do that much. And so they don't accept the Lord because they say, well, I can never do it. Of course you can't do it. And no one expects you to do it. You can't do it apart from the power and the work of the Holy Spirit and giving you a new nature. But God, that's what he does. He gives me a whole new nature, a nature that is after him. So God speaks about the fact that a man is what he is by nature. He cannot change except by God's power. Therefore will I scatter them as stubble that passes away by the wind of the wilderness. This is your lot, the portion of thy measures from me, saith the Lord, because you have forgotten me. This is what's going to happen, because you've forgotten me and trusted in a lie. Therefore will I discover thy skirts upon thy face, that thy shame may appear. I have seen your adulteries, the nayings, the lewdness, thy whoredoms the abominations in the hills and in the fields. Woe unto thee, O Jerusalem! Wilt thou not be made clean? When shall it once be? Now the word of the Lord that came to Jeremiah concerning the drought, for a drought filled the land. Judah mourns, the gates languish, they are black upon the ground, and the cry of Jerusalem has gone up. And their nobles have sent their little ones to the water holes, But they came to the water holes and found no water, so they returned with their vessels empty. They were ashamed and confounded, and they covered their heads. Because the ground is chapped, for there was no rain in the earth, and the plowmen were ashamed, they covered their heads. Yea, the hind also uh, calved in the field, but it forsook the calf because there was no grass. And the wild asses did stand in the high places. They snuffed up the wind like dragons. Their eyes did fail because there was no grass. O Lord, though our iniquities testify against us, do thou it for thy name's sake, for our backslidings are many. We have sinned against thee. So the message that God gave to Jeremiah concerning the drought. And then he prays, O the hope of Israel, the saving thereof in the time of trouble, Why should you be as a stranger in the land and as a wayfaring man that turns aside to tarry for a night? Why should you be as a man that is astonished, as a mighty man that cannot save? Yet thou, O Lord, are in the midst of us and we are called by thy name. Don't leave us. So Jeremiah continues to intercede, though God told him not to. Thus saith the Lord unto this people, thus have they loved to wonder They have not refrained their feet, therefore the Lord doth not accept them. He will now remember their iniquity and visit their sins. Then said the Lord unto me, pray not for this people for their good. Jeremiah just prayed. God said, don't pray to me for their good. For when they fast, I will not hear their cry. When they offer burnt offerings and an oblation, I will not accept them, but I will consume them by the sword and by the famine and by the pestilence. Then said I, Ah, Lord God, behold, the prophets are saying unto them, You will not see the sword, neither will you see famine, but I will give you assured peace in this place. 
Then the Lord said unto me, the prophets are prophesying lies in my name. I did not send them, neither have I commanded them, neither did I speak unto them. They are prophesying unto you a false vision, a divination, and a thing of nothing, and the deceit of their hearts. Therefore, thus saith the Lord concerning the prophets that prophesy in my name. And I sent them not, yet they say, sword and famine shall not be in this land. By sword and famine shall those prophets be consumed. It's a terrible thing to speak in the name of the Lord. Your own opinions, thoughts, or ideas. It's all right to speak your own opinions, thoughts, and ideas as your own opinions, thoughts, and ideas. Now, Paul the Apostle was careful to make a distinction in writing. He said, now, I don't have any word from the Lord on this, but this is my opinion on the subject. And that's good. You can express your opinion. There's nothing wrong with expressing your opinion. It's just when you express your opinion in the name of the Lord that it becomes wrong. Because then when it doesn't work out, then you make God to be a liar or God to be made a fool. So there are a lot of people that are speaking in the name of the Lord, things that aren't really of the Lord, things that aren't really scriptural, things that are really anti-scriptural. In fact, much like these prophets, everything is going to be great. Everybody's going to prosper. Everything, everybody's going to just be healed and everybody should be prospering and God wants you all to go out and purchase new Mercedes and all to be blessed and prosperous now. Peace, peace, prosperity. God said, they're not prophesying from me. For God said, they that live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. If any man suffers according to the will of God, these false prophets, some of them are now saying if Jesus only had enough faith, he wouldn't have had to suffer the cross. Oh, what blasphemy. And God will deal with them. And the people to whom they prophesy shall be cast out in the streets of Jerusalem because of the famine and the sword, and they shall have none to bury them. Their bodies, they'll die, they'll die and they'll just throw them out in the street. It's a horrible thing in some places of the world today. People are dying uh, and, and there's really no one. To, they just put the body out in the street and they sweep them up like dust in the morning. Tragic. person dies, you, you, don't, you don't have enough strength. You just put their body out in the street and let someone else carry it off. Therefore thou shalt say this word to them, let mine eyes run down with tears night and day, the weeping prophet, let them not cease. For the virgin daughter of my people is broken with a great breach, with a very grievous blow. If I go forth into the field, then behold the slain with the sword. If I enter into the city, then behold those that are sick with famine. Yea, both the prophet and the priest go about the land that they know not. So he questions God, have you utterly rejected Judah? Does your soul loathe Zion? Why have you smitten us and there is no healing for us? We looked for peace and there is no good and for the time of healing and behold, there's trouble. We acknowledge, O Lord, our wickedness and the iniquity of our fathers for we have sinned against thee. Do not abhor us. For thy name's sake, do not disgrace the throne of thy glory. Remember, break not thy covenant with us. Are there any among the vanities of the Gentiles that can cause rain? Here's this great drought. People are dropping off like flies. They're dying all over the place because of the famine. No. 
Are there any of these vanities of the Gentiles or the gods that the Gentiles worship, the, the pagan gods, that can cause rain? Or can the heavens give showers? Art not thou he, O Lord our God? Therefore we will wait upon thee, for thou hast made all of these things. He continues this message on the drought. Then said the Lord unto me, Though Moses and Samuel stood before me, yet my mind could not be toward this people. Cast them out of my sight and let them go forth. Now, it's interesting that when God chooses examples of men of great intercessory prayer, he chooses Moses and Samuel. There is an interesting characteristic about both Moses and Samuel and that they were men who had the ear for God. You remember Moses was out in the wilderness and he saw the burning bush and he approached it and God spoke to him out of the burning bush. He heard the voice of God. He had the ear tuned to God's voice. Men of prayer, powerful men of prayer, are men who are tuned to the voice of God because the purpose of prayer is to get God's will done always. The purpose of prayer is never to get your will done. Prayer is not, God is not a genie. Though so many times we sort of approach him as that, you know, God, I've got three wishes. Please, please grant them to me, you know. You heard about the three fellows who were on the deserted island and about ready to die. A bottle came floating up on the beach. One guy went down and got it and rubbed it and the genie popped out and says, grant you three wishes. First fellow said, oh, I wish I was back in London. Oh, just to be in London again. Back in my own bed. Back in his own bed. Second fellow said, oh, but I was only back in Italy. Sipping coffee. Once more, just on the streets there in Rome. Oh, to be in Rome, sipping coffee. Back in Rome, sipping coffee. Third fellow said, oh, I'm so lonely without my two friends. I wish they were back here with me. You see what we could do with wishes? We could really mess up the world. So prayer is not to get our will done. It isn't that, you know, God is just going to grant our wishes. Samuel, when as a little boy, brought by his mother to Eli, and there as he was sleeping, he heard the voice, Samuel, Samuel, he went running into Eli. He said, did you call me? No, I didn't call you. Go back to bed. Got back in bed and he heard, Samuel, Samuel. Went running into Eli again and said, you, you called me. No, I didn't call you. Go back to bed. And again he heard his voice, Samuel, Samuel. Went running in and Eli said, look, if you hear the voice again, just say, speak, Lord, your servant hears. So he got back into bed again and he heard, Samuel, Samuel. And he said, speak, Lord, your servant hears. And God began to tell him all about the sins of Eli, the priest. <laughs> and so Eli, the next morning, said, well, what happened? <laughs> well, I don't <laughs> He had a tough time. But he heard the voice of God. He was tuned in. His ear was tuned. Men of prayer are always men 
who are tuned to the voice of God. So God uses two examples, Moses and Samuel, but they are men who had the listening ear, and the listening ear always precedes the life of prayer, of powerful prayer. Hearing the voice of God, knowing the will of God, makes for powerful prayer. So though Moses and Samuel, God said, these two shining examples of men of intercessory prayer capacities, you remember Moses said, Lord, forgive their iniquities. And if not, then I pray you'll blot my name out of your book of remembrance. Intercessor before God for the people. But though Moses stood before me, God said, my heart can't be towards them. Though Samuel stood before me, my heart can't be towards them. Cast them out of my sight. Let them go forth. And it shall come to pass that they say unto thee, Whither shall we go forth? Then thou shalt say, Thus saith the Lord, Such as for death to death, such as for the sword to the sword, such as for famine to famine, and such as for captivity to the captivity. And I will appoint over them four kinds, saith the Lord. There will be the sword to slay, the dogs to tear, the fowls of the heaven, and the beasts of the earth to devour and to destroy. And I will cause them to be removed into all of the kingdoms of the earth. And God goes back now because of Manasseh, that horrible, wicked son of Hezekiah that introduced these people to this pagan idolatry, the son of Hezekiah, for that which he did in Jerusalem. For who shall have pity upon thee, O Jerusalem? Or who shall bemoan thee? Or who shall go aside to ask how you are doing? Thou hast forsaken me, saith the Lord. You're gone backward. Therefore I will stretch out my hand against thee and destroy thee. I am weary with changing. Now, uh, an interesting verse because we know that God does not change. God does not repent. God is not a man that he should repent or the son of man that he should change. But... We are limited in talking about God to human terminology. So we have to describe God's actions in human terms. So we are faced with the dilemma. How do you describe what apparently is a change of attitude by God? It would, from my end, look like God has changed his attitude. Not so. God has always, always known, you see, from the beginning. God doesn't change. He knows his foreknowledge. Um, so it, from my standpoint, it looks like God has changed. He's pronounced judgment is going to come. The people pray, they repent, and, and so God forestalls the judgment. You say, oh, well, God changed. No, he always knew that he was going to forestall the judgment. He really didn't change, but it, it would appear that he changed, so I have to describe it in human language. We don't have divine language with which to speak of God. And I will fan them with a fan in the gates of the land, and I will bereave them of their children, and I will destroy my people since they return not from their ways. Their widows are increased to me above the sands of the seas. I have brought upon them against the mother of the young man a spoiler at noonday. I have caused him to fall upon it suddenly and tears upon the city. She that hath borne seven is languishing because she has given up the ghost, or she has died. Her son has gone down while it was yet day. She has been ashamed and confounded, and the residue of them will I deliver to the sword before their enemies, saith the Lord. Woe is me, my mother, that thou hast borne me a man of strife and a man of contention to the whole earth. I have neither lent on usury, nor men have lent to me on usury, yet they are all cursing me. 
Well, of course, Jeremiah was not saying things that were very pleasant. They were being angered by what this prophet had to tell them from God. Oftentimes, the true prophet of God is not a popular man. People don't want to hear the truth. People want to hear a lie. When people come in for counseling, so often they want to hear a lie. They want to hear you say, well, that's just all right. You know, go ahead and do it. It doesn't matter. God doesn't care. Oh, you're a great counselor. Oh, I love you, brother. You know. If they come in and you say, look, man, you persist in that and you're going to hell. That's a part of the works of the flesh. And we know that they who do those things will not inherit the kingdom of heaven. You better get right with God. And they go out, you know, angry, cursing, kicking. Horrible counselor. He told me the truth. <laughs> I don't want to hear the truth. I want to hear pleasant words. And Jeremiah was telling him the truth. They had other prophets that were telling them lies. They were popular men. Jeremiah was unpopular. The Lord said, Verily it shall be well with the remnant. Verily I will cause the enemy to entreat thee well in the time of evil and in the time of affliction. Though the people are going to be destroyed, there will be a remnant that will be saved. They'll be taken captive to Babylon, and it's going to, they're going to do well in Babylon. Well, they did. They prospered in Babylon. In fact, the Jews were so prosperous in Babylon. They were basically farmers. But when they got into business, they were fantastic. And soon they were running the best operations in all of Babylon, becoming very wealthy men. So that when they were able to go back from the Babylonian captivity, some of them were so prosperous, they didn't even want to go back. Why should we go back to that hard life in Jerusalem? You know, we've got it made here. And so a lot of them did not return because they had become so prosperous. So God here declares that it's going to be well with the remnant, though they are in captivity in the time of their afflictions. Shall iron break the northern iron and the steel? Thy substance and thy treasures will I give to the spoil without price, and that for all of your sins, even in all of your borders. And I will make you to pass with your enemies into a land which you know not, for a fire is kindled in my anger which will burn upon you. He's predicting the Babylonian captivity. Jeremiah responds, O Lord, you know, remember me and visit me and revenge me of my persecutors. Take me not away in your long suffering. Know that for thy sake I have suffered rebuke. Well, that's good. Jesus said, Blessed are ye when men revile you and persecute you and say all manner of evil uh, against you for my sake. Rejoice and be exceeding glad, for so persecuted they the prophets before you. He's referring to Jeremiah. He says, Lord, you know, for your namesake, because I've spoken in your namesake, they're persecuting me, they're, they're rebuking me. For thy words were found, and I did eat them, and the word was unto me a joy and rejoicing of my heart. Oh, it, can you say that of God's word? To me it is. It's the joy and rejoice. How I love the word of God. How I enjoy finding beautiful truths in God's word that minister to my spirit and to my soul. It's the joy and the rejoicing of my heart just to get into the word and to read it and study it. It's just uh, sort of devour it. And here's Jeremiah saying, I found your word and I devoured it. And it was the joy and the rejoicing of my heart. For I am called by thy name, O Lord God of hosts. I sat not in the assembly of the mockers, nor rejoiced. I sat alone because of your hand, 
for you have filled me with indignation. Why is my pain perpetual and my wound incurable, which refuses to be healed? Wilt thou be altogether unto me as a liar and as the waters that fail? Therefore, thus saith the Lord, if you return, then will I bring you again, and you will stand before me. And if you will take forth the precious from the vial, thou shalt be as my mouth. Let them return unto thee, but return not thou unto them. And I will make thee unto this people a fenced brass wall. And they shall fight against thee, but they will not prevail against thee. For I am with thee to save thee and to deliver thee, saith the Lord. And I will deliver thee out of the hand of the wicked. And I will redeem thee out of the hand of the awesome. So God's promise to his prophet. Now, you go out to them and they will come to you again. But I'll make you like a brass wall. Around, I'll be like a brass wall around you. And though they will come against you to fight against you, they'll not prevail because I am with you. So God's promise of the future is sustaining of his prophet as he speaks forth the word of the Lord in the name of the Lord. Continue with more of our verse-by-verse Bible study in the book of Jeremiah in our next broadcast. As Pastor Chuck continues to teach through the Bible, and we do hope you'll make plans to join us. But right now, if you'd like to order a copy of today's message, simply order Jeremiah 13 through 15 when visiting the wordfortoday.org. And while you're there, be sure to browse the many additional biblical resources by Pastor Chuck. You can also subscribe to the Word for Today podcast or sign up for our email subscription. Once again, that's the wordfortoday.org. For those of you wishing to call, our toll-free number is 1-800-272-WORD, and our office hours are Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Pacific Time. Again, that's 1-800-272-9673. If you prefer to write, our mailing address is the Word for Today. P.O. Box 8000, Costa Mesa, California, 92628. And now, on behalf of the Word for Today, we'd like to thank all of you who share in supporting this ministry with your prayers and financial support. And be sure to join us again next time as Pastor Chuck continues his verse-by-verse study through the Bible. That's right here on the next edition of The Word for Today. And now, once again, here's Pastor Chuck. May the Lord bless and give you a beautiful week. May his hand be upon your life. And may the flame of love really begin to burn in your hearts towards God. That this will be a week in which you're really in tune, in harmony with him. And that love and and commitment is restored. And and it's just a glorious week of, of thinking of him, worshiping him, serving him, loving him. May God be pleased with you by your commitment and devotion to Him. This program has been sponsored by Calvary Chapel of Costa Mesa, California. I'd like to tell you about a book written by Chuck Smith entitled Living Water. In this book, Pastor Chuck explains how God has the power to change your life through His Holy Spirit. 
This book will help you to understand how the Holy Spirit works in your life, covering such topics as who is the Holy Spirit, what does the Holy Spirit do, what are the gifts of the Spirit, and how should I respond. It's Pastor Chuck's desire that by God's grace and through this book, the Lord will develop in you a hunger and thirst for the things after the Spirit that will help you come into a deeper and personal relationship with Him, transforming your life. To find out more and to read a book preview, visit thewordfortoday.org and click on the link to download Living Water by Chuck Smith. Or if you'd like to order this book in print, call The Word for Today at 800-272-WORD. That's 800-272-9673.